Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Welcome in to another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. We're, we're just striking while the iron's hot. College regional selection show for the women a few hours ago. We normally have been leaning into the Thursday morning after I dropped the boys at school. We said, no, let's keep going. It's fresh in our mind, Brentley. And we're going to go over our initial reactions to what we saw for the 72 teams scattered all around the country for women's uh, golf. I mean, we're less than two weeks away, regionals, internationals, and then we'll jump into what was four, not one, not two, not three, but four amazing conference championships that in a lot of instances came down to the very last shot, the very last hole. Now that I say it, it did, all four of them. The last shot truly dictated the outcome of each of uh, of all four of them, and and I don't believe I've ever said that. Yeah, well, two match play, obviously, and then yeah, the Big Twelves was super exciting for the second year in a row. Pac twelve, Stanford, Stanford rally. Uh, so good showing by Conrad Ray's squad, and uh, yeah, striking while the iron is hot, like you said. This is kind of what we were trying to do all year was record Wednesday night. First thing Thursday morning release, and you know we just didn't we didn't get to it. We're we're human; it happens. But uh, it's uh, good to be talking on a Wednesday night after hours. I agree. I agree. And I guess like technicality, every tournament is determined by the final <laughs> shot to make it official. Yeah, um, yeah, oh well. But you know, we knew what you meant. Exactly. Uh, So let's jump right into it. Obviously, College Golf Talk brought to you by our good friends at Velocity Global as they seamlessly connect employers and talent, anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Its global work platform is built on cloud-based technology, compliance expertise, and unmatched scale in 185 countries and all 50 United States. The world of work is forever changed. I think we know that now. And talent can live anywhere, work for anyone, and get the job done. As more than 1,000 businesses uh, engage top talent in another state or another country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration, they rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global, accelerating the future of work. To learn more, visit velocityglobal.com slash golf so it's a little after nine eastern so we're about five hours removed from our women's regional selection show i hope everyone saw it with brentley and myself and Paige mckenzie we had fun uh first things first bigger picture broad look at it four regionals now to six for the ladies but the teams don't change 72 teams still get a spot 24 move on uh, what's your initial reaction to just the change, the the simple adding to regionals and at face value numerically tougher for teams to now get through? I like it, Burko, just from the sense that what we saw last year in Baton Rouge with trying to get 18 teams to complete, you know, some semblance of a golf tournament in the face of inclement weather couldn't be done. Um, I think some would argue that it might have could could have been done, but uh, ultimately was not done. And with 12 teams now at each regional, that's going to give them a lot of flexibility. If we do have suspensions in play, 
Of course, they can start a day earlier now. That will help as well. And one of the overlooked parts is the pace of play. I mean, we've seen it in the past where the first wave has made the turn and they've had to wait a little bit. You know, this is the most important tournament of the year for most of these schools, if not all of them. And it it takes a little bit, you know, they want to take their time a little bit more, make sure they don't make a big mistake. So I think from that standpoint, I do like it. And I'm interested to hear your thought on this part, but I was texting with some coaches the last few days and just discussing, does this make it harder for teams to advance? I mean, you said it, the numbers are exactly the same. We're still advancing 24 out of the 72 teams. Uh, But in a sense, I think it puts a little more pressure on, especially at a, at a regional where you have the host school outside the top four seats because you assume the number one seed is going to make it through as well. That leaves 10 teams for what, two spots. So I'm interested to kind of get your thoughts. Do you think it's tougher now to get through? Well, you know, that's the question I posed to Ann Walker in our show. And she said, get back to me in two weeks and I'll tell you. Uh, Just at face value, yes. There's four and there's not six. Now you can make the argument when you start looking at seeds five through eight, Maybe not as strong as five through eight were a year ago when you've got, uh, you know, more teams in less regionals. You and I spoke with the committee. They thought the job to keep it fair and equitable might have been a touch easier this year. I think also important to note another dozen spots available for individuals and non-qualifying teams to uh, give these young women, quite honestly, that would never have gotten in otherwise. That Love chance that, yeah. because, yeah, because they're worthy uh, of having a great individual year on, you know, maybe a, a team that was rebuilding. Uh, yeah, I, I still think we're going to see chaos uh, just for the fact, uh, jumping on what you said, number one seeds, you figure they move on. If a host team isn't a number one seed, i.e. Florida State, a three seed, Vandy, a six seed, I think the opportunity, Brentley, of a bad day used to be the downfall. It could be a bad four to six hole stretch like we saw with the Texas men that we'll get to later on at the Big 12s that in 90 minutes you could go, let's say, from third to six and you say, "Uh uh-oh, we're done. Yeah, all it takes is a seven or an eight or a six seed to get hot and there's one spot right there. And we we talk about college basketball every year about how the 12-5 game is always on upset alert. We'll get into these regionals here pretty soon, but keep an eye on all the four seeds. You, you have some four seeds, and I'm not going to name them right now. They're pretty vulnerable. Most of those these four seeds in this uh, six regional setup, they've looked good at times, but mostly there have been big question marks. So that's something to keep an eye on. And real quick, going back to your individual with the more individuals, I think they said they went, all the way down to about 220 in golf stat. So that's that's pretty cool to provide that opportunity to players who, you're right, who in normal years in the past would never have even sniffed getting into one of these. Yeah, it, it, it's good that they're broadening the opportunities. And next week we will give you our official, like me versus you, we'll have some type of contest, see who can get more teams right. But – just quickly perusing them, starting at the top, Stanford, the number one seed at their host uh, venue, Southern Cal, LSU, Texas Tech, Kentucky. Those are your top five teams. I feel like no surprise. I'm always intrigued. Every year a team goes west to east, east to west. LSU's really good, won the SEC. It's an adjustment. Again, they're really good. Doesn't mean they can't you know, figure it out. And I'm not saying they're the one that's going to slip up, but quite possible. Northwestern intrigues me. I don't know why I keep going down to that seven seed of Northwestern as maybe a fly in the ointment, but just an early glance at the Stanford regional for me. And the big question for the Cardinal, Rachel Heck, out of the Pac-12s due to illness. Ann Walker, not very optimistic that she'll be healthy for regionals. She's still got 10 to 12 days. There's a good team. They're a very good team, but I think they become 
somewhat vulnerable if the reigning player of the year isn't healthy. Yeah, it, especially with the question marks at the back end. You know, U.S. Girls Junior Champion Angelina Ye has been in and out of the lineup. When she's been in the lineup, she hasn't played well this spring. So there's definitely some concern, especially if Rachel cannot go. But I, I think I, I talked about this on the show. Last year, they hosted and won by 30 shots. And talking to a, a few weeks ago, I was talking to Texas head coach, their men's coach, John Fields, about Pearson Cootie being out. And he likened it when you're out, one of your best players, it's about 20 shots a tournament. So doing a little math, Stanford still should be pretty good, especially when you add Rose Zhang now into the fold. I think they'll advance. Remember, they've won four out of the last five regionals they played. I think they'll be fine. Uh, but I think in terms of the top three seeds, this is the toughest regional just at the top. And it's funny because the LSU, I don't know if, if this rings a bell, but remember, it almost seemed like every year the men's team was getting sent out West. And I Correct. actually had, I had their coach Garrett Runyon send me a list of, of all, because he was the assistant for the men, you know, a, a few years back. And uh, especially in 2015 when they won it all, but they got sent out to Stockton, California in 2018 and Stanford in 2019. So back-to-back years, the ladies haven't been sent out there. It looks like the furthest west they've gone since, well, it looks like in 2013 they were sent out to Stanford, but they've kind of kept it close. But they were at Michigan State in 2019. They were uh, at Oklahoma State 2014, so I guess that's not really that bad. But um, LSU is going to be on a little bit different of a, uh, you know, a little bit different grass. But, again, Ingrid Lindblad's game translates anywhere especially right now. I mean, she could play on the moon and still win, which actually she won the moon golf invitational. So she can play on that. She's proven that as well. Uh, And then one more thing about this, you said you liked Northwestern. I like Iowa state. There were some coaches uh, who are pretty privy to the entire scope of women's college golf. And a couple of them tapped Iowa state as a team to watch, especially when you look at the fact that they beat Texas tech just a week ago at the Big 12 championship by 26 shots. So different Mm. golf course, but that's something to watch out for. And Texas Tech has looked good. They won the Mountain View Collegiate this spring, I believe. But then the Big 12 championship, they finish eighth. So what Texas Tech team is going to show up? And then Kentucky, when you got a player like Jensen Castle, you're always going to be in it. But I think the three top three seeds are already spoken for, even with Rachel Heck out. And then everyone else is playing for that fourth, fourth seed. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This just popped into my head. We know I'm always a little slow to the party. Ingrid Lindblad, Rose Zank. Whoever wins this tournament, if it's one of those ah. two, becomes my... Because I'm telling you, in my, in my vote, and I haven't voted yet, Ingrid Lindblad is about a hair behind Rose Zang at worst for the Annika Award. I totally agree. I think we talked about this last week too. It's, it's super close and yeah, I didn't think about this until now either. So we're, we're both a little late to the party, but I I think we're thinking the exact same way and what better way to, to settle this because it's clearly a two horse race right now. What better way to settle this than head to head, presumably for two tournaments, the last two tournaments of the year. Yeah, I'd go back. I think Sam Burns and Wyndham Clark were in the same regional back in the day, and they were sort of the two favorites. And then Braden Thornberry went on a heater, and he took it away from everyone else. So Stanford, number one seed there at home. Albuquerque, New Mexico, Oregon, the overall number two seed. Florida, Texas, Arizona, Georgia, rounding out the top five. I think that's a good poll for Texas. Uh, should be a reasonably good pull for Arizona. Uh, their lineup, obviously, very different. Uh, the Ho sisters turning professional. 
So that, to your point, see, it's all coming together. Another four seed that you might sit here and say, hmm, I wonder, is it the Laura Ionello teams that seemingly every other year make a run into match play? Or is this where just trying to, you know, fill the holes on that team it has become too much? Just early initial thoughts. And I'll be intrigued to see how Florida can handle it going out to uh, New Mexico. Yeah, this is a, a great experience, if nothing else, for Arizona. They're just super young. And, you know, anytime you lose players like like the host sisters, it's going to be hard to replace because some of these other teams only had to replace one player. They had to replace their two best players. And so I think they're vulnerable. I do. I'm not sold on Georgia as a five seed. So I do think Arizona gets a little bit of a break and that, you know, even though Georgia won a regional last year, they were just, I believe they were 10th at the SEC. So not great momentum going into this. Texas, as we mentioned on the show, Ryan Murphy played four years of golf at the University of New Mexico. So a little bit of a homecoming there for him. Texas is rounding into form four Big 12 titles now in the last five years. Uh, Bentley Cotton closed in 77, and she's still tied for 11th. So you add her to a team led by Sarah Kuskova and, and Bo Park, and, and they're really strong. Oregon is just absolutely loaded. I mean, four players in the top 25 and one of the best coaches and on, on a heater of their own. I, I just, I, I don't see, especially at a course where you're probably going to have to make a lot of birdies. I, I think that, that they're pretty locked in and yeah, Florida is interesting. I mean, right. We always see a couple teams here and there get sent all the way across the country. And I'll, I'll be interested to see how they, how they respond to that. I mean, runner up in the SEC, uh, Annabelle Fuller is, is now a three-time Curtis Cupper, I believe, which is pretty incredible on the GB&I side. So some talent there. Um, oh, it, I almost forgot. This is a team I really like. This is one of my sleeper teams, North Texas. Oh, the mean green. The mean green. There's, I think green's going to be the theme for, for my upset picks. But North Texas, they have a really good player in Audrey Tan. If you remember last year, they were part of that Baton Rouge Regional their season was over before they even got to hit a shot. Then they go and play the Barstool, uh, let them play classic that uh, our good pal Riggs put together, and they go and sweep the uh, sweep the titles there. So they, they did end their season with the championship, but now they're trying to say, hey, don't forget about us, and we want to play our way into the NCAA championship this year. Tallahassee, South Carolina, the third seed a year ago. We touched on it. Best team in the country, was out of it after 18 holes. Uh, Greyhawk and had to get through in a playoff for the final spot at regional, so they were trending the wrong way at the most important time of the year. The roster's virtually, what, four different starters in a year ago, and I was floored to learn their five wins this year, the most in program history. So it's a testament to um, what Coach uh, Kalen Anderson has done there. Uh, UCLA, west to east. Same thing we discussed about LSU. Florida State is a three seed at home. you got to absolutely love them. Probably going to win it in my early estimation. And then Old Miss, gosh, 12 months ago, they were just cruising. Um, I think they might have trouble. I think they might have trouble getting through. Yeah, there's some good seeds right behind them. I, I think Illinois, they, they, they've been tested. They've played a fairly uh, tough schedule this year. Uh, Mississippi State, Miami, those are two more teams from Baton Rouge last year with a fire lit under them. You mentioned South Carolina. I think if you if you had to pick any number one seed, and that includes Oklahoma State, I think they're the closest to being on upset alert. Just because I, I know you mentioned, and I was shocked to hear that too today when you when you said that five wins this year. This is a team that is 80% different in the lineup. They got a freshman, albeit a very good one, in Hannah Darling. She's a Curtis Cupper as well, but then three transfers. And to me, there's a lot that could go right, but there's just that lack of experience in this kind of pressure situation that, that concerns me. And I would echo your sentiments on Ole Miss. I thought maybe last November or last October when we're at East Lake, 
and we see them struggle. It seems like everything's going wrong. I think you would agree with me. I, I figured by this time they would have had it figured out and we'd be talking about them as a two or a three seed and having, you know, great rhythm, great momentum going into the postseason. It it just hasn't happened. Yeah, they're Things have changed. Julia Johnson's not playing as well as she did a year ago. There has been dissension <laughs> among the ranks uh, over the last nine quick. months. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll leave <laughs> we'll leave it at that and see if Coach uh, Corey Henkes can figure it out. Fourth seed overall, the fourth number one seed, but one through six. Uh, Wake Forest, ACC champs. Uh, they are on my short list of one hand with fingers to spare of teams that I believe are in a class above everyone else. Wake Forest belongs there. Alabama, three, four years ago, you lose Stevenson and Gilman. They have three young ladies that can't break 80. They went from the best team in the country to arguably one of the worst in the SEC. And what Mick Potter has been able to sort of generate, uh, led by the Moresco uh, sisters and Polly Mack, uh, remarkable bandy at home as a six seed. I said it to Cara Banks on golf central after our show, I've always gone on the belief that a home course advantage is one shot per counting score per day. So that's 12 shots. Vandy's ahead of everyone else in my numbers crunching. If you will, I think that puts Duke at four and a and M at three on high alert. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, but I, I am high on Duke. I'm bullish on them. O- Oregon State's coming off a, a T2 finish at Pac-12, so though it was in pretty rough conditions, which I doubt they'll see in Nashville, although I haven't I haven't looked at the weather forecast for, for any of these regionals, to, to be honest with you. So I think Oregon State may be a little bit of an outlier as a co-runner-up in the Pac-12, such a deep conference. I like Vanderbilt. I like Austin Kim at the at the top of that lineup, but I'm just I'm not sold because yes, it helps that you're playing at home, but there's there's a lot of pressure to playing at home. And and we've heard Missy Farquay say this about Arizona State and Greyhawk. We've heard Matt Thurman say the same thing. We've heard every host really, except for about Oregon. But I guess when you bring the band and you you know you you storm the greens and you bring the mascots out. I, I guess it, it changes things. So maybe maybe Vanderbilt needs to bring the bring the mascot out. Um, but I mean, we 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 didn't even talk about Texas A and M today on the show. I mean, the job that Garrett Chadwell has done in his for, this is his first year, right? Correct in College Station. At, incredible. Yep. I mean, this is a team that didn't even sniff regionals last year. I don't think. And he has them as a three seed and I, and I think the top 15 team in the country, right about maybe 16. Um, that's, that's impressive. And so I, I wouldn't count them out either. Although again, you talk about experience and that's something that may be lacking in, you know, on, on that team, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, hats off to, to the job that, that coach Chadwell has, has done there. Uh, agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I'm scrolling through it. San Jose State, the surprise number one seed, uh, a school in the Spartans that's gotten better and better, all four of their wins coming in the spring, beat Stanford not once but twice. They head to Ann Arbor as the top seed. Virginia, too. Michigan at home, first uh, conference title uh, for the Wolverines. Jan Dowling, Big Ten Coach of the Year. They've got the Big Ten Player of the Year. Really bullish on Michigan from that second-tier kind of team, if you will, that I, I don't see any way they don't get through this week, but I expect even bigger things from them at Greyhawk. I think they're that viable, ooh, where'd they come from, and they're in match play. That, that's how high uh, on them I, I really are. I really am, rather. Have you played that course? University of I Michigan? Have, I have not. I've parked my car on it to go to a football <laughs> game at the big oh, house no. because that's Wait, where that's they park. that's a parking lot for the football game? And, and, is... and it's an Alistair McKenzie course and it's a parking lot. Correct. And my oh, wife, who was a great runner at Michigan, has ran around that golf course for four oh, and a half no. years. 
Oh, where, he's rolling over in his grave right now. Where, where, have I, let me have a little sidebar here. So when my wife would run with the rest of the cross-country team at Michigan during the summer, you know, they do it early, 6, 7 o'clock on a weekend. Um, they would do a couple extra laps, and this is a true story, around the cart barn and, you know, where everything's getting cleaned up because they wanted to see this cute athlete at Michigan who worked at the pro shop, cleaning carts, everything during the summer. That guy was Tom Brady. <laughs> As I always tell Kate, you should have kept running because you got stuck with me. <laughs> true wow. story. I mean, that's not that's not that much of a, a step down. I mean, Brady, oh, no, no. Burko. Other than our names starting with B, the last names, there are no comparisons whatsoever. You can throw a spiral. You can throw a nice tight I spiral. Can. Well, my eight-year-old Luke can. We went 1-0 and uh, season opener for the Jets. Uh, we've got a doubleheader on Friday, flag football, Under Armour League. The pressure Uh-oh. is mounting. So, um, so my wife knows the course well. I've parked there and consumed – a few beverages before a game, but there's your long uh, answer to your question. I've never played there, but I know it's unbelievably good. It's like using the Mona Lisa as a, as a placemat. But sometimes anyways, you got to keep things clean. <laughs> I digress. Anyways, we have to give San Jose state some love. And I was shocked when I asked Dana Dorman, the question about what those two wins against Stanford have, has done for that team's conf- confidence specifically. I was Shocked to then find out that she's like, oh, we also beat Oregon twice this year. So they beat the two best teams in the country twice. And so this is a team that's not, I mean, they're a mid-major in name only. We know how story of a program this was back in the day. They won three national titles. I was trying to figure out if this was the first time they were a number one seed. Uh, but the the records are a little spotty in in the nineties, but they only had two regionals then. So they moved to three regionals in 01. They haven't been a number one seed since 01 until now. And shockingly, they've only advanced to the NCAA championship three times since 2001. I, I would, I like their chances. I'm going to say it again. Uh, I, I don't think people from this regional really liked it when I said it the first time on air, but I do think this is the weakest regional. You have an Arkansas team that was just 13th at the SECs. They're a different team without Brooke Matthews. They haven't finished better than seventh all year. UCF, I, I do like I do like the Knights, my Knights, to get through as one of the top four seeds. But other than that, there's just not a lot of teams that really move the needle for me. I mean, there's some solid teams. Uh, Washington, Virginia Tech, um, but – I think once you get past the top three and Virginia is kind of, I mean, they've looked good, but they haven't looked great. I, I just don't, I don't see any teams besides San Jose state that I really would be picking, you know, to, to win it all here at, you know, in three weeks at, at Greyhawk. I just don't. All right, don't sleep on Michigan. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give good, you a little good team. I mean, th- nothing yeah. against them. I just, I, I, again, they're they're going to get through. They're playing on their home golf course. They have some great players. We saw what Haley Borja did at the U.S. National Women's Amateur. They're, they're good, but I just think compared to the other, when you're comparing them to LSU as a three seed or Texas, I, I think there's a little bit of a step down. Not not a lot, but just a little bit. I'm, I'm a bit of a homer, but that's okay. I'll put it in I know, perspective. I, I got I, I to, you know, give people the other, you know, the other that's end what, of it, you know. Well, that's why we have two people here. Uh, put it in perspective. San Jose State, the first non-power five top seed in women's college golf in nearly 20 years, Pepperdine in 03. Yeah, so, I, I saw I saw Lance tweet that out, um, and I was shocked. But yeah, be, because you know on the men's side, it seems like we get it every year now, especially with Pepperdine so good. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, final regional: Stillwater, Oklahoma State hosting Arizona State, Baylor, Auburn, Michigan. Um, 
Obviously, Oklahoma State, great fall, didn't lose, lost their two best players uh, heading to the portal. Greg Robertson's done a really nice job piecing things together. Uh, ASU dearly wants another chance at match play at home. I think Baylor's really good. I think Auburn's really good. Things can happen. They might happen. Quick look, I'd be surprised if the top four didn't just one, two, three, four down the line. Yeah, this this might be the the deepest regional. Uh, there, there's not a lot of teams that really wow you, but one through eleven, there's some very good teams. I mean, we had Stuart Burke on last week, the eleven seed Tulane. We talked about the journey that they've had this year from practicing at a Top Golf and staying in a Sheraton to to winning the American Athletic Conference title for the first time in school history. Furman's a well-coached team. Campbell's pretty good. Um, they're, they're one of my sleepers. And Michigan State, this is a squad, and I, I, I know you love Michigan, so you, you stop short of, of, you know, after you mentioned Auburn, you stop short of Michigan State. But this, is, this Spartans team, I thought two years ago, they were a very experienced, deep, loaded team, and then – the season got canceled because of COVID. And I thought that that was their shot. They were ranked, I believe, 12th in the country or 14th in the country, somewhere around there. And I'm like, oh, gosh, that's that was their moment. They took a little bit of a step back last year. Um, not, not much of a step, but a little bit. But something just – I mean, they're, they're a deep team. I mean, they have Valerie Plata and Brooke Beerman, And I, I don't even think Halen Harris – is going to be in the lineup. I think she was number six in the, the, the big 10 championship for them, but they're a very deep team. Uh, but the, the odds are, I think you're right. I think the top four probably have, have it. I think Baylor may be the most, um, maybe the most concerning of that top four, but it, I mean, Oklahoma state was dead, right? I mean, we kind of, once, once Caitlin McGinty, once is, uh, Isabella Fierro left, I think everyone just kind of crossed them off and they still haven't finished worse than third all year. They just had their five girl or maybe about their four now. I mean, I, I can't really keep track because of those two players leaving, but uh, Liana Bailey, who was on that national runner up or in that national runner up lineup last year at Greyhawk, she goes out and wins the big 12 individual title. So there's, there's some things starting to come together for that team. And I think they're past the trauma now of losing those two players. And now they can just kind of focus on, all right, here's who we have. Here's who, who we're rolling with. We're playing a regional at home. No one else plays this course better than we do. No one plays as much as we do. And we're going to be back at Greyhawk with a chance to, to finish business. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Those are the six women's regionals. Those are our quick reactionary thoughts and ideas. Next week, again, we'll put pen to paper and see how we do. We've got a men's selection show next week as well. want to give you a little promotion there next Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. But let's quickly rattle through the big four conference championships over the last four days. Florida, Vanderbilt, SEC match play first. Kudos to John Dubois, Florida junior, winning his first college event, won the individual medal. Um, I think we believe, both of us, Vandy's the cream of the crop, no, not only in that conference, but one of the best teams in the country. They validated that. So as we play the merry-go-round of the team of the week, four days ago, I said, oh, okay, Vanderbilt is now the team to beat to win a national championship because it changes every <laughs> single week, it seems like. Um, hats off to Scott Limbaugh, his team. Uh, if I'm not a Wolverine, obviously I'm a Gator, my alma mater. Boy, they played well. And, and if they yeah. can get continued play like this from John Dubois, in addition to Ricky Castillo, Yushin Lin, and Fred Biondi, watch out. 
those are four really talented players. And if you keep Tyler Wilkson at the five spot, um, you could do a lot worse, uh, you know, in a five hole anywhere in the country. So while they didn't win, I think Florida is pretty pleased with the way they're playing right now. And I think Bandy is on cruise control heading into regionals. And how big was it to, for the Commodores to have William Maul back and playing close to the level that we saw him play last year? I mean, he was in and out of the lineup. He broke his finger uh, during, uh, during the winter break. He missed like five straight tournaments or wasn't in the starting lineup for five straight tournaments. Comes back, home event, Mason Rudolph is in the lineup. It plays okay, but, you know, talking to Scott Limbaugh earlier this week, he, he gave William Mall every, every opportunity to earn his way back into this lineup, and William Mall did just that. And he started SEC's stroke play four over his first nine, ends up rallying. I think he was like T18, something like that, and then wins two, two of his matches. So William Mall's back in the lineup. He's a guy that this team is going to need to lean on and maybe not need, lean on a ton because Cole Sherwood, Reed Davenport, those guys are – have established themselves now as, as alpha players. Um, and I like remember John Augustine's match play record. He was like something ridiculous, like 23 and or like 14 or 17 and four or something like that. Like he had a run there from college to the U S amateur where he almost never lost a match. I think Reed Davenport's on a run too. And I should have looked up this stat before the pod, but he's won. I think like seven straight matches or something like that. So th- this is a really good team, especially if they get fat past stroke play. Yeah, I think they're uh, very, very good. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be intriguing to watch that moving forward. Uh, SCC to ACC, again, a little stroke play match play feel boy, Tar Heels, you know, I've been bullish on them since September the way they went up in stroke play, I said, here we go. They get bumped in the semis. Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, final match, extra holes. Alex Fitzpatrick gets it done on the 21st hole. Can you believe it had been since, what was it, 88 or 1989, the last time Wake Forest had won a conference championship? And this was their 19th, too. So so that's that's pretty crazy, like, Normally when a team is breaking a drought like that, it's for like number three or four, like this broke them out of a tie. Them and Georgia tech who was also in the final. We're both at 18. So the winner was going to break that tie, get to 19. And this was a fun one to watch. I don't know if you caught this on, uh, on ESPN plus the other day, but it, this was exciting. I mean, you had Ross Steelman, I believe it was from Georgia tech. who was like four down. Um, I forget actually who he played. He might've played, uh, uh, he was playing Michael Brennan. And rallied, took a lead. Brennan then wins uh, 17 and 18 to, to get that point. Brennan was also the guy who birdied his last two holes in stroke play to get them the fourth seed uh, by a shot. And then it all came down to Ben uh, Ben Reuter, the Georgia Tech freshman from the Netherlands, Alex Fitzpatrick, as you said. And that was as, as good of a uh, – you know, a, a good of a match as, uh, as I've seen in quite some time. I mean, neither guy let up. Alex Fitzpatrick was battling a little bit of the lefts with the driver kind of down the stretch, ends up figuring it out, hit some great shots from, you know, from the straw or the sand or, you know, whatever you call that. Um, and I, I just enjoyed it. it. It was, it was a really, really fun watch. I did not see it. I will trust you. And I'm 99.9% certain, and I'm trying to confirm it. So you said both Georgia Tech and Wake Forest had 18 ACC titles. And we said, what, 1989 was the prior conference championship for Wake Forest. Am I I I on page there? How many? Okay. So when, when Wake won that, that was their 18th ACC championship in the late 80s, correct? Um, sounds this was right. not, Yeah. Okay, just go with me. How many ACC titles when Wake Forest won their 18th did Georgia Tech have? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I'm going to guess six. Zero. Zero. Wow. 
So Georgia wow. Tech won all of their 18 after Wake Forest had won their 18. How about that? That's insane. Yeah, first, uh, I got the Wake Forest ones here. First one in 55. They had seven by 1969 or by 1970. They won pretty much everyone in the 70s. And they went nine years before they won in 89. So that's that's insane. That's a great stat. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that, yeah. I, I know I'm right, but I'm questioning myself. So I'm zipping through the... Georgia Tech media guide here on the old worldwide interweb. Um, and it looks like it's uh, well, the easiest I'm, thing to do is go to the ACC golf record book page. That's the easiest thing to do. But Georgia awesome. Tech has, you know, Mike uh, Stamus has, has some great record keeping uh, for that program. So he does a really good job. But that's yeah, th- this is a much better stat than my uh, my height stat that I keep throwing out for Georgia Tech okay, <laughs> where they don't have right. anyone. Anyone shorter than six two, and they got yep. two six five guys and a six eight. That's a, that's kind of the this the information that that I like to come out with. So I, I was ivory soap, but apparently I wasn't a hundred percent pure. Mike Stamus, one of the best SIDs, uh, Georgia Tech. Um, looks like their first one was in eighty five. Oh, but still, still, it's still, still remarkable that basically. 17 of the 18 uh but it it, it sounded so much sexier when um <laughs> so well, the same I mean, one we could just I keep going with it i mean no i, I could have i could have left it and i said you know what i i want to double check it's been one of those days so at least we fine-tuned it but it's still impressive uh what do we got two things that wrapped up today pac 12 washington at home or at least in washington state holding off a late-charging Stanford, Arizona State going backwards on the last day. I've got concerns about the health of their lineup. Uh, but Washington to win yet again with your worst performer being R.J. Mankey, their best player. Let me tell you, you can put Alan Murray's squad on a short list of maybe that second rung of three to five teams that have a great chance. Yeah, and, and that was six count, five, 72 holes too. So – we always say that the best teams, the, the cream tends to rise to the top the more you play. I mean, Washington just went out and proved themselves against, you know, previously deep teams, or I guess they're still deep, but teams that we thought were way deeper than Washington at the start of the year, like a Stanford, like an Arizona State. Uh, so, yeah, this was a very impressive performance. I think this does, though, now knock R.J. Mankey back to the field a little bit when it comes to, comes to the Haskins Award. It's really anybody's ball game. I mean, there are 10 guys, maybe even more, that could probably still garner a lot of votes depending on how they finish the year. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm with you, too. Arizona State, hopefully they can get David Pooch back in the lineup. Hopefully his back holds up and his game follows suit. I, I think Riggs Johnston, I, I, I think you can go ahead based on this performance and say that he's probably, we're probably not going to see him the rest of the, of the year, which is, which is sad because he's such a fun player to watch when he gets hot. I mean, the guy can, can rattle off six straight birdies and he had one of those low rounds at Greyhawk too. I think it was 63, wasn't it? Something like that. Uh, 63, yeah, 65 that last right. year at yeah. Greyhawk. No, that sounds right. Well, um, doesn't look like we're going to see that. And there's pressure. There's pressure on them squarely. They're, they're supposed to win at home if you're a fan or if you're an observer. Uh, and as Casey Martin shared with me and Eugene, is it an advantage? Yep. But the pressure eliminates that advantage because if you don't win, everyone's going to say, what's wrong? You were playing at home. We know yeah. there's much more to it. Uh, and I did confirm 85 was their first, but, 17 of their 18 came after Wake won their 18th. So almost accurate. Uh, kudos to Washington. They're really good. Going to be fun to see what they do. And then probably the best for last, Big 12. Little weather issues, Whispering Pines uh, in Trinity, Texas. Wonderful place. If you've ever been, a phenomenal. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas. Really three teams on this final day down the stretch. Oklahoma a big Texas overtakes him at the turn um, and then quite honestly gave it to him 
Texas, I believe, as a team, played the last four holes nine over par. And now seven elim- over counting I, scores, yeah. Yeah, I would say I'm not eliminating the, the counting, non-counting, but from a team that had played the first five holes of the back nine, 11 under, hats off, Ryan Hibble, as good as any team in the country. They've got Texas's number, and this one's got to be a bitter pill for the Longhorns. And I'm not ganging up on them because when we came back from Pasta Tiempa, we're like, okay, they're healthy, they're playing well, two big wins. We weren't there. You're at the mercy of looking at scores. You cannot finish a championship like that, plain and simple. Yeah, and it, it also, I mean, the Big 12 championship is a huge deal, right? And it's been a while since Texas has won one. It's hard to believe that in four years, the Cootie Twins and Cole Hammer don't have a Big 12 title to to show for it. I mean, that's pretty surprising. But at the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things, if we're talking about winning a national title, it, this doesn't matter. Um, I, I think when Texas won in 2012, I think Dylan Fratelli had – I think he coughed up like a five-shot lead at, at at the Big 12 championship. Now Texas ended up winning that, I believe. But um, but yeah, I mean, th- th- this is just going to make them better. And I, again, like Oklahoma is just they're they're just good. And I I know it, I I picked Texas. I, I know I picked Texas last night going into the final round. I know I've been bullish, but I'm just trying to trying to stay consistent. I mean, there's nothing worse than someone who seesaws back and forth and flip-flops and kind of goes whichever way the wind's blowing. I mean, I'm sticking to my pick. So that's why I keep picking Texas. But Oklahoma is really good. I'm not saying they're bad. And they proved it again. Uh, they're, they're just a tough team. And they're going to easily advance through regionals. They're going to be in match play. I, I have no doubt about that. And maybe this year they they won't be playing with essentially four guys, you know, because all five of these guys in this lineup, especially with Patrick Welch playing so well, and I think he made like a huge par putt too, like kind of late. It was like 30 feet, and that was a huge putt. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're one through five. They've kind of rolled with this lineup all year. Chris Goddard, up runner-up to – Texas Tech's Ludwig Aberg in the individual race. Patrick Walsh, top 10. Logan McAllister, another top 10 to kind of further solidify his position inside that PGA Tour U top five. But there's nothing else to say about them. I mean, they're, they're just really good. And I'd pick them if I hadn't picked Texas at the beginning of the year. My only concern, if you're Texas, it happened at Merido, it happened this week at Big 12s, if they're coming down the stretch on that Monday to get into match play or if things go awry, they're talented, you look at them on paper, one of the five or six best teams in the country. This is a pattern I would be concerned about if things got tight. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah. Food for thought. No, it's I fair. Like- it's yeah, fair. I, I mean, th- this is, I mean, they, they needed a, a good one back in 2012. I mean, remember the second round, Cody Gribble and Jordan Spieth both shot 79. Texas was, was T13 after 36 holes. Back then, they only played 54. And going into the final round, they needed something special, and they delivered. So, again, you're, you're right. I mean, maybe there's too much scar, scar tissue there now for them to do something, you know, Similar, similarly, I can't. I can never say that word, so I'm just going to stop. Similarly, no, similarly, I can't say regularly. Doesn't sound right well, when it comes out. Well, from... I, I tried to say perennially today on the show twice and did not get it either time. So um, that's something something to work on. But yeah, big Big Twelve. I wish this was on TV, and maybe it was. This was going on. This was finishing right at the time that we were we were beginning our our women's selection show. But this needs to be on TV if it's not, um, because two straight years now, it's decided by one or two shots. And third place is only a few shots back. I mean, th- this is almost a repeat. It's just different characters. I mean, Pearson Cootie tripled the last hole last year. Texas drops from one to three. This year, Brian Stark from, from Oklahoma State 
triples the last hole, Oklahoma State drops, you know, that 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 would have given a, I mean, if, if he pars that hole, that, that gave him a one shot win. Yeah. So yeah. um, but again, this is one A, one B, one C. These are the three best teams in college golf, in my opinion. Vanderbilt, you gotta throw in there is throw them in there as well. So for them to all be in one conference, um, it, it makes Texas Tech look like not a great team when they're all the way back, you know, eight shots back and forth. And they're the fifth ranked team in the country and they're really good. So it's just a loaded conference. And how about West Virginia too? Like they finished last. They're that third team that's ineligible because of the 500 rule. And they, and they moved that number up now. So now we got UCF at 68 right on the bubble. Bryce Waller's team trying to join Emily Marin's squad uh, in an NCAA regional. Um, but I got my eye on it for people who are listening to this early enough on Thursday, keep an eye on the, uh, the match play final for the conference USA, Charlotte 49ers. I forget who they're going up against, but if they lose that moves the number down to 66 because West, West Virginia is at 67. So that's something to kind of watch. And that, I think that's the only other potential upside. There may be one or two, but, the number's going to be either 68 or, or 67. We will have it covered. I know you will stay on top of it. We rambled, but we had fun. That's what it's all about. Again, This is a long the, one, Virko. <laughs> I mean, I, they're not going to be thrilled with us trying to cut this down, but this is what we do. It's What did I say? The path to glory once again goes through the Valley of the Sun as the road to Greyhawk took a monumental step forward monumental step we got to get an extra 15 minutes it's that simple and and before Uh, you take that journey you got to park on an alistair mckenzie course so well you know you got to go see them play penn state or nebraska or whatever game i was up there for so uh enjoy enjoy always a pleasure my friend great show today always good to do this as well and we appreciate everyone for tuning in to another edition of uh, college golf talk for brentley on burka we'll see you again here next week Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.